On this week's episode of Circles Off, we're joined by a pro sports better who goes by the alias Juan Martinez, real name Josh. He's a personal friend of mine. I have honestly never been more excited for an interview in the history of this program. You are not going to want to miss it. Circles Off, episode 114, starts now. Come on, let's go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 114, right here on the Hammer Betting Network, Rob Pizzola. Joined by Johnny from Betstamp. How goes? Rob, I'll, I want to get right into it, but 114, we, we'll, let's get the numbers out of the way. All right, we have, off the top of my head, we always go Maple Leafs, Matt Stajan. Matthew Stajan. That guy was my childhood. He was always on the team through good and bad. Yeah, and he, then he was like is, the third line center forever. Yeah, basically. I met him when I was a kid, got his autograph. Yeah. Um. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. 14. Stephon Diggs. Diggs. 14. Who do you got? Uh, Brendan Shanahan wore 14 back in the day. I guess another relief. Um, I'll never forget a number 14. He's a very forgettable player. But uh, Brad Johnson was the quarterback in the first ever NFL game that I went to. I was a teenager. Drove to Detroit. This is before Ford Field. It was uh, the Pontiac Silverdome. It rained that day. The Pontiac Silverdome is built at the bottom of a hill. It was literally like completely flooded, almost impossible to get anywhere close to park. So you had to park a mile away. On the way, walking into the stadium, girl in front of me had her purse snatched by someone who just took off. Like it was like, this is my first experience of an NFL game, but I'll never forget the Detroit Lions won the worst football game of all time, 15 to 10. Their offense could do nothing. Their quarterback was Charlie Batch, like the scrub Pittsburgh Steelers backup, Charlie Batch. He stunk. But Brad Johnson was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins at the time. I don't know if he threw five interceptions in that game. I want to say four or five, but he was horrible. And like the comparable to Brad Johnson nowadays would probably be like what Andy Dalton is now at his point in his career. Just like below serviceable level QB. Got a role as a backup on every team, on a lot of teams, but like not going to play. But my first ever game, and I got to tell you, like I've always had respect for Detroit sports because of how loud it was in that stadium. And while I don't condone violence at sporting events, the, the, the fan base is so passionate and dedicated. I saw a guy with a Washington Redskins foam finger walking down the aisle and like pointing it in some guy's face on the lions bro that guy got tossed down the stairs never seen anything like that in my entire life just as a 13 year old kid to see a woman get her purse snatched and a guy get pushed down the stairs in the span of a couple hours all in the hometown of all in, Joey in K. beautiful detroit michigan i will never forget that that was an experience for sure we have a very special guest on today's show. I think people are really going to enjoy this. In terms of OG betters, he's there. You may have not heard of him before, but he's had a pretty storied career in betting going on approximately 20 years now. But before we get to our guest, I do want to remind you, Pinnacle is now available to betters in Ontario, and they are the world's sharpest sports book. We're very proud to have Pinnacle as a sponsor here and you can find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus. And of course, we always preach it. 
please play responsibly. Rob, Pinnacle is absolutely crushing it for NFL line. So if you guys are listening to this, NFL season's a couple of weeks away. All the lines are posted. I went over to Betstamp earlier today, checking week one lines. Pinnacle has the best price on just over half the games. Yep. It is actually insane at this point how much you need Pinnacle as one of your sports books. Uh, reminder to everyone, if you do need more, like a new sports book, it can't hurt for NFL season. The best promos are going to be coming up basically from now up until the start of the NFL season. So this is the best time of the year, um, even better than Super Bowl, to actually sign up for a new account. If you want to do so, there's going to be a link on the screen right now, link on the description. This also really helps support the show and helps us keep churning out amazing content. But go over to www.betstamp.app slash circles off. No matter what region you're in, you're going to find at least one or two sports books that you probably don't have that you can sign up for. Use the links on the page, help support the show. And uh, as always, we do appreciate that. If you know who this person is, if you know who the person we're about to interview is, then you're already watching because this is his first interview publicly and it's a banger. If you don't know who it is, you got to tune in. This is not one you want to miss. That being said, we're going to welcome in our guest. We're now joined by a very special guest here on Circles Off. Simply put, he is a professional sports better. Does it all. We're going to get into it top to bottom with him. You can follow him on Twitter, at CallCustService. Goes by the alias Juan Martinez, real name Josh. Steps up and in here on Circles Off. Josh, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah, no problem at all. Before we kick this off, I just want to say... On a personal note, this man is one of the best in the biz. So before we get into this interview, whoever you've heard on here in the past, they might be good. Whatever you want to think, this man is one of the best in the biz. With that, Josh, first question up, because we're going to ask some hard hitters here today. All right? Oh, boy. The first okay. one, the first one I want to know, which I already know the answer, but I want you to tell it to other people because it's so great. The okay. handle, call customer service. I know where it's from. And very few people will know where it's from if you really think of it. But explain the story behind it. Uh, so call customer services is basically what happens when you're betting at a book. The bookmaker uses the interface to turn you off. So then when you go to log in the account the next day or whenever right after, you have a big message on your screen that says call customer service. So you know you're, you know you're toast. So it's an inside play. Only people yeah. who would know that that even pops up and what that is are people who w would win on those accounts enough to actually get cut off a PPH account. So it's a, it's a little double yeah. entendre there. We really, I really appreciated it. Soon as I saw the handle, to be honest, the first time I saw it, I didn't, I obviously have seen it before call customer service, but I didn't really click to me. And then one day I logged in and I saw call customer service and then it clicked to me. It was like a couple months after I saw your handle. I'm like, holy shit, that's one of the best handles in Twitter history. Yeah, yeah it's called customer service. I, I've definitely had a few of those over the years. It's such a great handle because the reality is that there's so few, like the percentage of sports bettors that will actually get that reference is actually right. extremely low. It, it was actually the, very similar to the motivating factor behind the name of this podcast, Behind Circles Off. We wanted like more of a niche sports betting terminology that like the true betters would really understand. 
and we can kind of fill people in on that as it goes goes on through time but uh, i do love the handle as well i still actually get a, a kick out of the avatar as well every single time it's uh i appreciate it yes absolutely uh for those that don't know um my personal you know personal relationship with josh goes back probably six years now to an mit sloan sports betting analytics conference where i was sitting with uh, my betting partner at the time frank brank at a bar i believe at the sheridan hotel in boston just talking eating some of those beautiful potato chips that they had at the bar there and this guy best chips around guy next to me overhears my conversation about sports betting taps me on the shoulder says oh you guys are betting this and that and the relationship has developed ever since but josh for people that don't know you out there give us the personal background on you and uh, specifically how you got to where you are now in the sports betting space well it's been a as you, you all can tell, I'm kind of old, so it's it's been a long journey. Uh, but I started probably messing around with sports betting when I was in college. Um, my roommate, who was also a guy that was in my fraternity, he was the, kind of the campus bookmaker. And um, he was a couple years older than me, so when he, uh, when he took off to go back home or whatever, he still had some customers down at school. He needed some help with collecting or, you know, just – you know, having a president still on campus, he asked me to help him. Um, and that's kind of when I got involved with, uh, you know, betting. Um, so it was kind of on the other end, but I was just more of like a lackey, uh, you know, just doing, doing, you know, small, small jobs for him. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, I guess I learned about sports betting or, you know, fell into my lap. I mean, it was sheer luck, honestly, that I even started, you know, in that kind of, thing because it wasn't really something that I was into or you know anything like that I was just more like a you know dude going to college trying to party and have a good time um and that that's that's pretty much how I uh you know got into the space I guess I mean that was my first job so how did you uh how did you start to win okay so while I was working with that guy uh he had a customer um and the guy was you know, he came in and I remember the guy's like, oh yeah, this guy also had a book at the time. And he's like, oh yeah, I need to dump off some action. Um, he played it really stupid. Like he was, you know, kind of a degenerate. He's like, I need, you know, some accounts. Can I bet a couple of times a game? Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you'll make some money because I'm just dumping off action. So what ended up happening was though, it was like in the middle of college basketball season. And I remember the guy was always coming in schools. Like I hadn't even heard of it at the time. You know, I was really an amateur at all this. And I, I knew absolutely nothing, but he'd come in like late and play like schools like Pepperdine and UC Santa Barbara, you know? And I was just like, what, you know, this guy must really be a loser. He's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's coming out on some weird stuff here, you know, but the guy, he, he was crushing. I mean, he was, he, he beat my, my buddy's brains. In. I mean, so after a few weeks we were, you know, kind of wondering what was going on, if it was a stroke of luck or whatever, but we were definitely intrigued because it was like, you know, kind of nothing you'd, you'd really ever seen before. Um, so I talked to the guy who's a really cool guy. I'm, I'm still friends with him to this day. And he just kind of said like, Hey, look, uh, so you have to keep in mind, this is probably for a concept of time. This is probably back in like, you know, 2005 or six, I would say. Um, so not everybody had the same odds. So what would happen is my buddy would, you know, he'd have his book and he'd have a voicemail set up and he'd, he'd go through the rundown he'd, and he'd, he'd put the lines up at like five o'clock and he'd put all the schools up, whatever. And, uh, so basically all the guy was doing 
at the time was just playing off numbers. So he's betting Pepperdine at 8.30 at night. He's betting minus seven, and the real line's like minus nine and a half. There was nothing really to his strategy. So he told me about that, and, uh, you know, he introduced me to kind of the Don Best screen, and, uh, you know, that that was pretty much it for me. Because so, once I saw what he was doing, I was like, man, this is this is honestly pretty easy. There wasn't much to it. I mean, the only issue that I really had at that point was I didn't have a bankroll. So what I would do instead of just betting the games, because I, I really didn't have any money. I was a college kid. I mean, I probably had, you know, or right out of college at this point, I probably had, you know, a few G's to my name. I was, uh, I would middle the games. So if I could bet Pepperdine minus seven, then I would come back and just play plus nine and a half with another bookmaker. And that that's kind of how I started getting involved with like sharp play. It was, it was really that simple. And it was just, uh, stroke of luck because at the time it was when the internet was becoming more of like a you know a prevalent thing like a lot of dudes were just using phone lines and stuff like this it was kind of like the time when the old school was meeting the new so there was just a ton of opportunities everywhere so uh i just hit up all my buddies from college i had a job right after college i i got to, i worked in kind of like a boiler room phone room type of thing all these dudes were gambling they all had bookies so i was just getting a bunch of bookies and, you know, I was I was probably 23, 24 years old. I had like 20 bookies and it I mean, it was going really good. You know, uh, you could take Pepperdine minus seven. And I'm just using this as an example, yep. uh, but you could do that all day long. You could have two and a half, three point middles on sides. You know, you were getting up to five point middles on totals like these dudes just had no idea what they were doing, all these local bookies. And it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Um, eventually my bankroll built and I realized I could just keep playing the bad, the bad numbers. And, you know, it, it started piling in a bit, you know? So, so that was kind of how I, I started, you know, that, that was, that was, you know, when I was, when I was coming up and I was, you know, starting to do pretty well for myself. Um, I really do think, I mean, it was really, I was just in the right place at the right time. If that guy hadn't told me like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, they, the guy probably just would have cut him off. I would have never found out anything about it and we probably wouldn't be talking today because I'd, you know, probably be working in like finance or something. How long was it before you actually left that, that day job and just pursued this as a full-time career? It was about, you know, six months to a year, I would say. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 41 now. I, I haven't had a real job since I was probably 23 or 24, but it was just, the money was good. And, um, it was hard to pass up because I, I, every time I was at work, although the work was a good place to go and network and, uh, you know, meet people for accounts and stuff. Every time I felt like I went to work, I felt like I was missing out on money. Makes sense. Honestly, that that is an interesting story. I yeah. love how I love how it got started. But uh, in general, I think you so I'll back this up. You were in you were in college. You just did it for fun. You found a way to win. You actually took it and scaled it up. That is the part that I think you skipped through, which was like, oh, so I found out how to win. I built it up for middles and whatnot, right? But to get from that point, which to be honest, many, many people are at right now where they can, they know how to win yeah. by beating that. To get to the point you are at right now is a massive, massive like undersell right now. So without giving out too much info, I don't want to pry or anything like that, but how do you then get it from, yeah, okay, I can just keep it in the off numbers, grab a bunch of accounts, make a couple of grand a day, a week, whatever it might be. How do you get that to now? Well, I mean, it's a long, it's a long road, but I was doing that thing and I, I, I had kind of built up a lot of accounts. So, you know, just doing that strategy, I, I had built up a lot of accounts 
um, it was going really well. But then at some point, the dude stopped using the, the phone line. So eventually, everybody kind of went to, you know, a PPH site. So only a handful of guys at some point, maybe I would say, I don't know, maybe, and I could be wrong on the timeline here. Like I said, it's been a long time, but at some point, everybody went to PPH accounts. They started going online. Lines started moving a little bit faster. You could still like pick people off. Um, but eventually I got to the point where it wasn't that easy to just pick off lines anymore. Like the, the numbers, you know, the, the internet was catching up. Everybody was using the internet. Uh, people that were taking bets were aware that, you know, of, of the strategy I was using and everybody kind of went online and everybody was kind of using the same lines. Um, so I had all these accounts. I mean, I was still winning, but I felt like I could win at a bigger rate. You know, I knew that there were people out there that were doing origination and I knew that, um, you know, at that point, there's one of two things you could do. You, you could be, you could choose to, you know, go back end and you could try and copy the people, which I did do. Um, there was a really good friend of mine who's like a mentor of mine. Um, he worked in one of the sports books and he would do that. And, I, and a lot of the times I, I did that, I would, I would get hot accounts and I would try and put the info in my accounts. Um, but at some point I, I started, you know, trying to meet with originators and getting it like firsthand so I could help them out. I could uh, obviously help myself and, and try and do it that way. As far as like building the business um, for accounts and stuff, I mean, I, I just had to ask everybody I knew, you know, like you just everybody I knew from college or everybody that I knew from, you know, high school or people that I worked with or, you know, family parties. You, I just had to ask everybody I knew and I, I, I couldn't be shy about it. Uh, out of curiosity, what's, wait, hold up, hold up. What's the sell? What's the sell when you ask someone you know? Like when you is that what you're gonna ask? I was going with okay. that. Okay, <laughs> I had to interrupt because it's timely. Well, when you ask a family member, what do you say? Hey, I can win betting. Like, you got any betting account? Like, what's the sell? Well, first you okay. <laughs> so you tell people it's it, it, you tell people that you're betting on sports, or whatever, and, that, and at every I, I it's less because sports betting is more mainstream and it's kind of like you know more accepted, but you would always tell people you're betting on sports. And the first thing everybody would always say is like, Oh, so you're a bookie. <laughs> like I can't tell you how people said that to me. I'm like, no, I'm not a bookie. I'm trying to find bookies so I can, uh, you know, go in there and win. Um, but you just have to, you know, ask people. I mean, it's the same with any job. Like if you want something, you have to, you know, kind of put yourself out there and, and maybe the person tells you to fuck off, but you know, whatever they told you to fuck off, then you find somebody that's interested. I mean, I know I'm like trying to help people make money, so if you don't like it, I, I get it, you know, onto the, onto the next opportunity, you know, like that's, in my opinion, you, you just have to, as far as like account getting and stuff like that, you just have to be forward and you have to be upfront yet. You, you have to be, you know, confident and honest about what you're doing. And then if, if people don't like it, then, you know, they don't have to like it. Do you notice or find that it's changed in recent years relative to maybe when you were trying to do this 10 years ago? Like is the perception of sports betting different when you're trying to recruit accounts nowadays? I think it is. I mean, it, it, it seems like kind of everybody's doing it. It seems like it's kind of like, you know, marijuana where, you know, when I was in high school and you smoked marijuana, people would get, they would go crazy. I mean, they would act like you were a hardened criminal. And now, you know, I go to like parties with soccer, like, you know, soccer parents and everybody's like, you want an edible? So, <laughs> it, it, you know, the world changed, you know, people don't care as much about sports betting now. It's, it's, uh, you know, people think it's cool. Like, uh, you know, now if I go and golf with people, I tell them I bet on sports, they think it's cool. You know, even my parents didn't like it for the longest time. But it's it's just kind of becoming part of the culture. And I, I think that, 
you know, people, people enjoy it. They like it. And it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing to do anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. It still could be a bad thing if you're not being responsible and you're, you know, you're being a degenerate and you're losing a bunch of money that you should be using to feed your kids. But it, it you know, for the most part, it's pretty accepted now. Yeah, I think people are desensitized to it. I mean, in, in my group of friends, I, I, I have a, a friend that was a pro better long before I was who used to just have to tell people he was working fire safety. Like, you just didn't want people to know. And now, you know, his computer's on his main floor in his house with his six-screen setup, and he just doesn't give a shit who knows anymore yeah. because everyone's desensitized to it. Yeah, But I used to lie to people about what I did. I mean, if people would ask me what I Because I was home all day, too. So, like, I would go pick up my kids from school. I mean, I'd never miss anything. Like, I have pretty much, you know, like a, a pretty good freedom of schedule. And people are like, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a day trader. You know, I, I would lie to people. I mean, in a uh, sense, you were. In yeah, a you, sense, you, were. you technically were. I, I guess I wasn't technically lying. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, you know, some people are obviously not prospects to get accounts from. So, you, you know, I, I would lie to those people. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But very interesting story. Um, so again, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions that I think maybe, you know, Rob or I might know the answers to, but uh, a lot of listeners won't. So here's one is, uh, do you stick to particular sports or are you just betting everything across the board? I mean, I, I bet on everything across the board. Like I, I would bet on cockroach racing or the NFL. I, I don't care. Like if there's an edge to be had, I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I think um, with like PPH accounts, a lot of the times what happens is for people that don't know, I mean, you get an account and the limit could be like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, you know, you, you know, so that's all you get. Um, so for me, if I can bet $200 on a cockroach race or $200 on the NFL, I'm going to pick the cockroach race because I know that cockroach is fast. I'm, I might not know what Mahomes is going to do, but I know the cockroach is going to be fast. So I, I don't like for me, but to answer your question, I'll bet on anything. I mean, the, there, there's probably in the last year, 30 or 40 different sporting event, you know, sporting types that I've bet on anywhere from, you know, lacrosse to women's basketball or, uh, you know, tons of stuff. I mean, I, I would bet on Olympic volleyball. If, if somebody said, Hey Josh, I got to lock in Olympic, Olympic volleyball. I, I would bet it. We got to, we got to hook you up with our producer, Zach. He's a big lacrosse better nowadays. Might be able to get a free roll or something, get some extra cash in there. Uh, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that afterwards, Josh, but in, in all, you're moving into lacrosse these days. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll take, I mean, lacrosse, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the bet size is the same. So, you know, and money is green. So yeah, if it wins and I can put it in my accounts, I would, I would consider a lacrosse bet to just, just be just as worthy as an NFL bet as far as I, I'm concerned. And then the people that I'm responsible to help make money. So if an account holder gives me an account and I, I'm, you know, my job is to help them win money. So if I think the lacrosse bet's going to win, you know, it, let's just say if I think it's going to win at 58% and I have an NFL play that's going to win at 53%, I would rather give them a lacrosse play. So just out of curiosity, I want to follow up on that because this conversation comes up a lot. I'm of a different mentality than you all together, but I probably do not have the scale of accounts that you have either. So it might be very different, but do you consider like the likelihood that that account just may get cut off with that type of wager, right? Cause I, I figure an agent is more likely to look at something that's like, Oh, what this division two college football, like, uh, so does yeah. that come into your consideration at all? Uh, you know, when you're considering playing these things. 
I mean, it, 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 I totally understand that point. And there's arguments on both sides of the fence. I would say that if you're betting an NFL play, let's say you're betting an NFL total and you go over 51 and it, and it closes 53 or 53 and a half and you bet a lacrosse play and, at minus 130 and it goes to minus 170, I would say there would be, you know, on, the, on one side of the coin, I would say that it would be more likely that a bookmaker would notice that the, account, that the line moved from 51 to 53 and a half than it would be for him to notice a cross line. Just because it's not posted on Don Best, they, they have really no way to access it unless they really, you know, do some legwork. Most guys, in my experience, they probably are aware that sharp people exist, but at the same time, they, they're probably running a free a free money operation where they just kind of coast through and they're making a lot of money off of dudes. But obviously, you know, all things considered, if you're betting an NFL play and the line's staying the same and you're betting a lacrosse play and the line stays the same, of course, a bookmaker would rather see an NFL play. Well, that's very and, fair. Info. It's a great point, though, like about how some of these are not on the screen and an agent might just look at it and think it's just, you know. Well, I mean, think of it. How would you go back and see lacrosse lines closers from last year? You probably there's probably no no source that has that right now. Well, think about like a recent event, like look at the hot dog eating competition, right, which wouldn't be on a screen. And I, I don't know. I don't want to speak on your behalf, Josh, but I know you probably if you're betting on everything, you probably have access to some sharp hot dog stuff as well. If I was an agent and I didn't think anything of the account that I was giving out, right? If I think it's just like a normal guy and I saw some hot dog bets for a couple hundred bucks, I probably yeah. would just think like this guy is, it's 4th of July, he's degening some hot dog stuff once I have a good yeah, time. It's not like the guys are like, this this guy just beat me out of three and a half hot dogs on the line. You know, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, it could happen. And I'm, you know... I'm probably more partial to my side of the argument and I do understand there, there's another side of the argument. So I do understand that. And, and I think both arguments have a good point. Uh, but again, like I said, like m my motivation is I'm trying to win. So I'm, I have everybody that gives me accounts. I have a responsibility to help them win. And uh, you know, uh, I try and do my best job to make sure that that happens, you know, like I'm, I work for them. In, in a sense, you know what I mean? Where do you stand on betting futures? Um, I mean, because you talk about an edge being an edge and if you have a higher edge on, uh, let's say a smaller sport, you'd, you'd rather bet that than a smaller edge on NFL or something. How about futures? We, we've talked about this for a long time and I think this is another polarizing discussion in terms of whether or not, you know, you should be tying up your money for a year. Um, you know, I have people reach out to me with like, politics bets that aren't going to settle yeah. for like another three years but they're like rob like this is massive massive edge like we need to get down on this and it's like well i mean i could probably roll over so much money in that time with the amount that i'm gonna put here that it's it's not worth it so curious whether or not you play futures bets and uh if that's part of your repertoire i i actually like futures a lot i think they're great bets uh I do again. I there's always two arguments to every every uh, topic, but for me personally, I like futures. I think they're, you know, I don't come up with the plays myself, but it seems to me that when people send me futures, they hit at a really nice rate. I've made a lot of, uh, I, I, I've, I've had a lot of decent bet wins off of futures, um, but I don't ever play them in PPH accounts because you, you really don't know how long you're going to have the account. I mean, you could have it for a day or you could have it for a year. You don't know. So I typically tend to play futures in casinos. Um, and I will say that I don't think 
I think a lot of professionals, like you said, are, are trying to save, save up their bankroll, aren't really, you know, attacking those types of markets. So I find them to be a good place to be, you know, it, I know there is some competition. There are certainly some people out there with some money that are willing to throw it down for a half a year, a year. Um, but I think it's, you know, it, it's a good market because there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of holes in it and you can, you can make some decent money, you know? Yeah. I don't enough. think, you know, if you're really serious about betting and you're just getting started, I would probably say that you need all the money you could get, you know, um, in your like bankroll building years. But if you're, you know, if you're, you know, dude that has some money or, or even if you're not, if you have like a really good inkling about something, you have something that's a fact, I feel like you got to bet it. I mean, you know whenever that? I said that same stuff as Josh, I, I did get uh, I did get crapped on a little on Twitter a bunch of times. But to be honest, like I couldn't agree more with everything you said. Like the only way you bet futures is if you bet them in, at a casino or and also when you basically have a bankroll that you're not going to be able to expend in any capacity. And even right. if you're close to expending it or it's not even liquid or it's in a different spot or whatever, like you need you probably will have a chance to need the money throughout the next year that you're just going to not want to bet that future. And another thing I like about future is so like, I don't really get wrapped up in the the day to day and like watching games or like checking scores, stuff like that. Um, but futures, I mean, they're kind of fun. I, I like them because you know, you, you know, the guy, you know, whoever I work with to give me the future is like, it's something that you could talk about for like a half a year. You'd be like, Oh, did you see this play? He did this. He, he had a good time. You know, he, he had a good outing. I mean, it's kind of fun. You know, it, it keeps, it's something to talk about, you know, it's a lot of fun. And then of course, when you win it, you could post a picture on Twitter and brag about it. Yeah. Plus in, in addition to the whole, huh, you're, you're, no, you're, you're laughing, you're laughing, it. but like, honestly, I will say this. If you hit a nice futures bet, like a MVP or something that's like offensive player of the year, coach of the year, anything NFL or big, like those are like not, I wouldn't say it's life-changing money to like a guy like you or anything like that, but for the most part, it's a big amount. So you do get fired up over it. You're not going to win. You're not winning a thousand bucks. You literally win a hundred thousand, 200,000 in one pop. It's a lot of fun. It's great. I mean, it, it, they're fun. I, I like futures. I think, uh, you know, if you're just having fun and you, you want, or, you know, you're a professional or whatever, I think they're good as long as you're, you know, doing it responsibly. Do any of the originators you work with ever come to you and ask you for the screenshot so that they could post it to their own Twitter? Um, I would say that it probably has happened and I don't know, you know, the exact circumstance of when it happened or, but I, I, I you know, just thinking back, it has happened for sure. Um, and I don't care. No, of course. You know, I, that's fun. I mean, it, it's futures are a lot of fun. People, you know, like I said, you get a lot of bang for your buck on a future. Yeah, well, I I only ask because it, it's just like a personal story for me too. But a lot of the originators I'm sure you're working with are possibly like undercapitalized or just can't bet the amounts that they want, like hidden gems, I would call them, where they bet the future themselves, but for a small amount and they want to make it look like they cashed a big amount. So they'll reach out and ask the question. But I'm amazed that your ROI on futures is that high considering the futures that I've sent to you over the past two or three years. <laughs> Well, I don't count you in the in the repertoire. <laughs> I haven't had that big big ticket cash uh, with Josh over the years. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the evolution of your operation because it was like, you know, you're 23 years old. You called yourself a lackey at that point. Your words, not mine. Um, how how is the operation compared now to when you started? Like, I honestly 
and, and speak to whatever you want to, but do you work with partners? What happens if you go away for a month on a vacation? Like, are there people to handle the load? But what kind of scale are we talking about here? Um, so yeah, I do, I do have partners and, and like, I, I have a lot of betting partners and people that give me accounts and, and help me, you know, put down bets in casinos. And then I also have partners that help me or, you know, we, I guess we help each other with, you know, plays. Um, I have a, an exceptional team, uh, in office that, uh, they're, they're incredible. I mean, they, they're very passionate about what they do and they're, uh, you know, I can always count on them and they're, they're just really solid dudes. Um, I mean, to get into, you know, how the, 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 I guess I would prefer not to say, you know, as far as like big of an op or small of an operation it is. Um, but I have a really nice team, uh, and they, they do a great job. And if anybody that has ever dealt with any of them will tell you the same thing, they're top notch guys. They're very professional. And they're great at what they do. And I'm like really lucky to have them. Yeah. We, we, by the way, appreciate like everything that you're sharing with us. And there's, you know, obviously there's a, a line that we want to toe as well and making sure that you're not giving away too much. So totally understandable um, in terms of your actual betting. So we know you work with originators. We know that you're doing some, a lot of bottom up. Are you guys also doing any sort of top down stuff? Because with access to so many accounts, I'm sure on a regular basis, you're able to find stuff that just stands out as off market um, and and pick those off. So what percentage would you say, or what's the ratio between the bottom up and top down? I would say that it's small. Um, you know, I might pick off like some NBA injury news or something if, if there's a big injury or, you know, if I know, you know, a quarterback's going to be out or something like that, I would tend to go, you know, pretty big on something like that. Um, but for the most part, it, it's not much of that. Although I, I do do it. Um, I just, it, it's, it's hard with, at least for me, when I put stuff into accounts, I like to know exactly what it is, where it's coming from, who's putting it in. Now, if I know that like Justin Herbert's going to be out, I would put that in all my accounts. I'm not saying that in the past I've known when Justin Herbert was going to be out, but you know, something like that would, would be warm. You know, I think would be, good enough to go on the accounts uh just playing a line because i saw somebody betting it or i know the line's gonna move that's not really my style that that's a good strategy and it works for a lot of people but it's not it's not really our strategy um oh, so i do i do like the top to bottom method and i was i would you know if my if my circumstances changed or anything ever you know went differently in my life or my career path, uh, I would certainly adopt that, that type of a method. It's a very good method. And I would strongly recommend people that are just like starting out to, to do that. Um, because the lines are, are pretty efficient. If you could get on the right side of lines, I mean, you're, you know, you, you may not win, but you know, over time, I, I, I don't, I think you probably wouldn't lose much. Uh, so I think it's a pretty safe place to be assuming you're managing your bankroll correctly. Um, it seems to me like when people start off on the space, one of the biggest issues that they have is managing the bankroll. What um, advice would you give to anyone who's, um, so here's what I actually want, not someone who's starting out. So someone who, let's say they understand everything, they understand a lot about betting. They're actually just starting to win, might be undercapitalized. Yeah. Let's say they have, um, 50,000 bankroll right now. <laughs> 
What's your best advice for someone at that stage? Well, I would say, you know, stay in your lane and, and try not to, to do too much and just make sure you have enough money to cover, cover your ass. Um, and then I would make sure that you're, you're, you know, if you're dealing with people that you, you, you're very careful with the amounts of money that they owe you because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough out there. I mean, people, uh, people don't always pay. I mean, you, you gotta be real careful about who owes you money and, and how much they owe you. And, you know, do these people have history? Is Did anybody vouch for them? Did, uh, you know, did, appearances are deceiving. I mean, a lot of people seem like they're really great. And a lot of people seem like they're really stand up guys and, and people might even have some nice things to say about them. But at the end of the day, is the guy going to drop off the money? You know, you, you always have to be careful because, you know, if you have a $50,000 bank or like you said, some dude owes you 30 and he, he says, uh, you know, he gives you an excuse or comes up lame on you. Well, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of fucked now. Um, so it's, my, my best advice is just be to be careful and, and be careful who you work with and uh, make sure you do your best to not put yourself in a situation to get, to get fucked. So that's very interesting for me to hear you say that uh, because I think that you have a reputation in the space, whether this is true or not. I think that there's a reputation that you're the type of guy that will uh, take a chance, quote unquote, on working with someone. Uh, maybe someone who... Um, doesn't have someone who could vouch for them, someone who just started originating and has no, you know, has never worked with another betting group before, but they, they might say, Hey, I know I can beat this sport. Um, so I, I'm just curious if you want to talk a little bit more about that, but specifically, what yeah. do you look for in working with new people and whether or not you think that that, uh, reputation, and honestly, this is just my perspective but I've heard other people say that as well before. Oh, talk to Josh. He's the easier guy or, or whatever. Um, I, I, if that's a fair descriptor of you. No, I, I, that's very fair. And the, the difference between me is that, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm in a situation where I, I can take some risks and that's, that's kind of my job is to take some risks and to, to see what's out there. I mean, I've read, I, I've rechanged my, my strategy and the things that I've done a lot of times. And, you know, I'm, my ears are always open and my eyes are always open and I'm always uh, looking for, you know, people that are, are good at what they do. And, and uh, you know, along with that comes risks. I mean, it's, it's not always a, it's not always a, uh, a slam dunk. It, you know, sometimes it's not going to work out. Sometimes it works out exceptionally well, but you know, we're all gambling here. We're not only, you know, I'm not just gambling on, you know, the, the, the stuff I put in, I'm also gambling on people. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, a job that's based through networking and, and counting on people and, and trying to have to find out the hard way if, if they're good or not. It, it doesn't always work out. Now I will say this, I will take risks on people, but I won't, you know, when I'm starting with somebody new and I'm trying to kind of see what, what they got going on, I'm not going to fire their stuff in any accounts I have. I mean, I might go out of my way to, to play it in some casinos or go out of ways where it's not going to affect anybody that I, you know, is counting on me to eat. Right. So how are you vetting someone like a, a new, let's say a new well, partner I, to give an account and also a new originator? So, so a person given an account, I mean, I would probably just take the account, you know, regardless of who it is now, my DM is going to be filled with dudes that want to give me accounts. They're going to scam me. <laughs> one account. But, yeah. One account, you know, but yeah, sorry. The guy died. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you take a risk. Like if it's a, 
if a guy hit me up and was like, hey, I got a $50,000 credit line, you could have 5000 a game, I'd probably be like, you know, that's a, it doesn't seem realistic. I'm probably not going to do that unless you want to give me some money up front or something like that. But if the guy gives you an, an account or two and they're, they're smaller accounts, I mean, what's really the worst that's going to happen? You, you set the account to stop when it's up like four or 500 bucks, see if the guy pays, and then you decide to move on with your life or see if the guy's worth anything. But you, you have to take some chances, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about, really. I mean, and it's just not just sports betting either. I mean, if you're doing anything in the world, you got to take some chances, you know? I mean, that's what it's all about. That's that's the American dream. You got to take some chances. The American, let's and, fucking and, go. And Canadian dream. Yeah. And the Canadian and, dream. Sorry. I, I, I didn't mean anything. No, no, no. It's okay. Totally, totally uh, acceptable. Um, one of my favorite episodes that we ever did was a Q&A episode. Um, which is titled, uh, what to do when a coworker stiffs you, because it was a question that came in from a, a listener of the show that said, Hey, I have this situation here. And he like outlined it point by point by point. And I go and I work with this guy every day and it's like overlapping and it's pissing me off and I don't know what to do. And we gave our take on it. This is a very realistic situation in the sports betting space, as you're saying, where stiffs happen, slow pays happen. Um, you don't have to name names. I'm not looking for that or anything like that. He is looking for it if you're willing to give it. Though. Well, sure, if you want to. I'm not going to stop you from from giving out names. But I'm very curious how you handle slow pays, stiffs, especially when these people don't go into hiding. Like when they still keep their public profile out there. Are you a vindictive guy? Do you blow these guys up, put them on notice? Do you just like silently keep to yourself, hoping that eventually they'll come through? It's just a random hypothetical question, but I'm curious what your take is. I might have a conversation with somebody, you know, if like you and I were chatting in private, I might be like, yeah, such and such is, is kind of being a scumbag or something like that. But it's, you know, I try and like, you know, sports betting is a tight knit network and, and I, I really try hard to get along with everybody. So like, as far as that goes, I'm kind of like Switzerland. I, I'm, I don't want anything to do like, I, I want to stay in the middle. I, you know, you need friends out here. Like you, you, you don't need enemies. It's hard enough as it is. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to give people reasons not to like you. And I, I tend to try and keep my mouth shut. Um, but, you know, having said that, if, I mean, if somebody stiffs you, you got to kind of ask around and be like, Hey, you know, what's going on with this guy? You know, you know what the deal is. Uh, I'm having a hard time getting money from him. And that's kind of how you got to figure out how bad the guys, you know, the guys in cause you know, the chances are if somebody's giving you a hard time about getting paid, they're also giving somebody else a hard time, you know, uh, but it happens. I mean, you're going to, again, you got to take some risks. Some, some people are going to kind of come up lame on you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more cool about it. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's 2023 and, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Threaten the guy? It's just, I, there's not much you can really do. I'm not going to send like goons to his house or anything. It's it's just, you got to just try and be cool and manage the situation you have. You know, you got to try and be reasonable. I mean, there's a guy right now that owes me money and I hit him up every Monday morning and I, I have for, you know, the last 26 weeks. And he's always like, Oh yeah, this Thursday. And it, it, it never comes in. <laughs> it never comes in, but I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stop sending the guy the message. Cause the second you stop sending the guy the message, as far as he's concerned, it's done. How uh, how elaborate did the excuses if get? If you're listening to this, pay me. <laughs> how, yeah, what's how, the funniest excuse you've got? Like, give us get? some sample funny ones. 
they're all the same, man. It's always like, you know, I mean, some guys will just be honest and be like, dude, I'm fucking, I'm broke. I can't, you know, and, and that, that in my opinion is more genuine than saying, you know, like my mom died or, you know, you know, it's, there's a million excuses, but uh, it's going to happen. I mean, it, it's inevitable, but you just have to, you, you got to be careful. I mean, especially for guys, like you said, like guys starting out, like you really have to be careful because uh, the people, I mean, there's some great people in the world and I'm really fortunate. I work with some awesome people and I know a lot of awesome people, but man, I mean, there's some scumbags out there. Like you, you gotta be careful. Like people fuck you over. They don't care. What are your thoughts on the whole, I, I can't pay you because this guy owes me. Well, again, it, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I, I would, he stole you the money in my opinion, but at the same time, it's hard to get money out of people that don't have any money. You, you shouldn't be dealing with somebody that would give you that excuse. I mean, if you should know your, your customer a little bit better than to, to think he, he would do that. And when I say customer, I mean, like, you, you, I wouldn't do business with a betting partner that would, uh, that I would think would, would pull that line on me. That in my opinion is the worst of the excuses. Like in yeah. my opinion, I would rather you go out of your way to manufacture the most elaborate, dumb excuse that I know is not true. Like I've had people send me wristbands, like pictures of them in the hospital with like wristbands on, but like yeah. the, the name isn't even the same as their real name, like stuff like that, where they, they try yeah. to make it seem, but the, the, I can't pay you because this guy didn't pay me. So either you go get him, you get collect directly from him or you're not getting the money. Yeah, or see ya. Like, too or, bad. like it's not the, my problem. And they th actually think they're doing nothing wrong. Th that's the thing. They convince themselves that they're, they're in the right. It's like, I don't have yeah. to pay you anymore because this guy didn't pay me. That to me is worse than anything. I'm really fortunate though, honestly. The, most of the guys that I work with are really solid and I, I don't get any trouble from them. And I'm like really fortunate. I mean, most of the dudes I work with are, are really solid and I don't lose any sleep over not getting paid. Again, it's going to happen. I mean, it's inevitable. You're dealing with money. You're dealing with people that are making, you know, poor decisions, but I, 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 I really don't run into it that often, but again, I'm pretty smart about managing the risk too. You know, do you have some really memorable bets? like ones that stick with you forever. You remember exactly where you were when it happened or just like a massive cash or maybe a massive loss. I know a lot of bettors remember like the biggest loss. Is there any one, two, any, any bets that just really stick with you? There's, there's probably three that I can remember that were really good. Um, when I was kind of coming up, I, I, I must've been like 23 or 24. I was at the Westgate and, uh, or what used, what used to be called the Hilton at the time. It was called the Hilton. And uh, my buddy was there and, and they were playing, uh, Duke was playing Boston College and I didn't really have any money at this time. I mean, I was still kind of, you know, learning and, and I was still kind of a lackey, I guess you'd say. Uh, um, Boston College was like plus 5,000 on the money line and my buddy's like, man, I, I think they could win. And I was just like, all right, whatever, I'll, I'll throw 300 bucks on it. And it, sure enough, it won. And I, I mean, like I won 15 G's and I was like 23 years old. And that's probably like 30 in today's money, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, man, this is so cool. And I had no business even making that, but it wasn't even sharp. I mean, I just got lucky, you know, but it, I mean, the timing, like it probably really changed my life, you know, like that was, 
you know, I probably, I probably doubled my bankroll at the time. You know what I mean? And it was like sheer luck. Uh, and I just remember watching the game and I was like, holy cow, I just won, I just won 15 G's. And that was really cool. I mean, so that wasn't like the biggest bet I ever won, but at the time, at the time, I mean, it, like pound for pound, like, uh, when you're talking about like, your bankroll, that was the biggest bet I ever won because my bankroll literally doubled. Yeah. A bankroll doubler. That's a, it was a, <laughs> well, that, so yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm, it, it was so cool, man. And I just remember picking up the money and I was driving on the strip. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the fucking man, but I wasn't, I just, you know, that's what I was feeling at the time. You know? That's awesome. Well, what else you got? So Sa- you had said you had two Rob more. here, by the way, has to question your early life bankroll management, by the way. If you're betting, a, if you're betting two percent of bankroll on a on a plus five thousand dog, I don't know. Yeah, but you're in Las Vegas. You're hanging out. <laughs> like I could have taken three hundred and went to Spearmint Rhino, but I did the responsible thing and put it on. Bar yeah, out. plus if you, if you factor in the free drink he got over True. the drink tickets over the counter, then deduct, exactly. deduct that. Yeah, yeah, no, Rob. I, yeah, it was very bad, but I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't gonna be able to eat or anything. You know, it was just me kind of messing around and. and it worked out. It was awesome. And then the the second one, the worst loss I ever had, uh, which I think I've tweeted about, but it was Tony Finau. Excuse me if I said the guy's name wrong. Uh, it was when he was playing in the Masters. It was maybe like seven or eight years ago. And uh, he was playing like in the par three tournament before before the actual Masters. And he was like jumping up and down because he had only one in his like ankle. His ankle. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm going to bet all these matchups. Like, this guy, there's no way this guy's going to play. He's probably going to tee off and, like, have to get carried back to the locker room. And, of course, I think he went on to, like, you know, finish, like, seventh or something. He just dominated. And uh, that was that was probably the biggest loss I've ever had. Um, and then uh, one of the best wins I've ever had was uh, when Andrew Luck retired. So I think I found out pretty early that he was going to retire. And it was, like, a couple weeks before um, – before the NFL. So they were still doing preseason and people had all the lines up for week one. And, uh, I just kind of walked around and was just playing. I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say I had like minus three and a half and plus seven or something. And, um, I was able to, I was able to walk around, you know, with impunity because nobody's paying attention to this stuff. And I was going casino to casino, betting it, uh, just loaded up on bets. And then I, you know, it was at plus seven. So I played back some on the middle and then they uh, they ended up winning by six, and, and or I think they were playing the Chargers, maybe I don't know. Sorry if my story doesn't add up, but they ended up winning by six in overtime, and I hit both sides, and that was that was uh, that was probably the best, most memorable win. That's uh, not in compared like the first one, but it was it was probably the most money I've ever won. Well, it wasn't a bankroll doubler, but if it's the most year I won, yeah. Your memory is very good, by the way. So week one, twenty nineteen. The Colts lost an OT to the Chargers, thirty to twenty-four. Chargers won okay. by six, so you nailed it. That was it, and that was it was pretty cool because uh, you, so know, you played Chargers play- minus three and a half, Colts plus seven on the playback. Nice, yeah. And normally, like people would pay attention to that. So if I were to do something like that during the week, you know, during a normal NFL season, people would be like, "Oh, you know, why is the max bets coming in here?" And they'd move their line and adjust. But I just think because. Uh, it was like a couple weeks before the season started. Like nobody was really paying any attention and it was, um, it was pretty, it worked out pretty well. It was solid. So that, so I would say those are my top three most memorable, uh, experiences with betting. Well, what's the most you ever won in a single day? 
no chance. I'm telling you that. Hey, <laughs> if you don't ask, if you don't ask, you can't get the answer. That's fair. You I, know what? I'm, I'm the, that's, that's my philosophy. You always have to ask and you always have to try, but I'm just, I'm just not. Don't that was a dude that plus 5,000 to get answered. I will say, and I won't say the number, but I remember the first thing you ever said to me, Josh, and me and Frank sitting at the bar were talking about a specific pick service, really struggling at the time. And that's when you leaned over and said to me, I've lost X amount of dollars following that pick service this year. And that one was that was when I was like, "Holy shit, this guy is a is a heavy hitter." Won't disclose yeah. the number, but I I do remember it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think. There's... I remember, um, and to be fair, I, I think when I said that that was the amount that I lost in Las Vegas, and I you know to be fair, I I played a lot of that back, so it wasn't like a total net loss to me. But I remember, you know, at the time I was working with a guy in uh, Las Vegas and I just kept having a reload because we just kept getting crushed there, even though we were, you know, arbing some of it. I thought you were going to say that was Rob, just so you know, that was the amount I lost only in Las Vegas. Vegas. It was 10 times more than that. Well, at the time there was no other illegals. I mean, Las Vegas or well, Nevada was the only place you could play in 2000, you know, uh, 2017 or whenever it was we met. I mean, that was the only, that was the only show in town. Um, Sorry to like, just bring personal experiences into this matter, but just curious if you remember who we ran into at the bar that night um, that you were having some drinks with? Oh man, I honestly don't remember. I mean, that it, was, uh, we, uh, was a while ago. It was a, it was a, a coach in a major sport. Oh yeah, yeah, Dusty Baker. <laughs> I, I, that, was a, that was a different time, though. Maybe maybe, yeah, the that, ne- maybe the next year, but I I remember like I don't know how the world works sometimes. Cause I remember I was ranting about Dusty Baker that day and like this, I'm like, this guy doesn't know how to put out an MLB lineup. Like what's wrong with him and whatever. Don't we run into Dusty Baker that night? Like, I don't know how that works. Dusty Baker was an incredible guy, by the way. He, we were uh, sitting at that like little Mexican joint and uh, we were like, I'm like, you know, I have, obviously have to, have to ask a dumb question. I'm like, are you, are you Dusty Baker? He's like, yeah. No, and, and he, he, he was cool. I mean, he, he really played it up and he, he, uh, wasn't shy. And he, he told us some good stories. I mean, it was kind of funny because we were telling him we bet on sports and he's like, you know what? She's like, you know what baseball is all about? It's all, it's all about the pitcher. And I'm like, thanks Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the pitcher. Did he give you I'm gonna any- bring, bring this back home to lab and make millions. For, there you go. There you go. Um, Another question I had for you was, uh, you know, I actually hate when people ask this question, but for you, I think it's different because you've gotten to a certain level of success is like, if you could redo it, uh, right now, would you pursue sports betting still? Totally. I love sports betting. Like it's hard to say how your life would have turned out or like what would have happened, but I'm really fortunate, man. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I get to interact with a lot of awesome people every day. I get to wake up and make my kids breakfast. Uh, I'm, I get to make my own schedule. You know, I just had a, I just been really fortunate, honestly. I mean, I, the people that I work with are like amazing and, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't even take a job making more money. That's how much I love it. You know? I, I love that answer and I respect it. And anytime anyone's asked me that, I always say the same, which is I would I would recommend you get into sports betting now if you're passionate about it because 
it's too much that people are just saying right now, like, oh, no, it's hard. It's like your accounts get limited. It's hard to win. It's hard to sustain. It's a lot of work. But they don't realize that that's literally every single industry. There's that. There's those challenges or equivalent in any single job you're going to ever have. So the one you love is, t- is typically going to be the one for you. Yeah, I mean, by the end of March is like, you know, my brain popping out of my head. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm beat up. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it could be tough. But at the end of the day, you know, we are who we are. We got, you know, we're here and it's fun. I mean, it, it really is fun. I mean, I you know, I met you guys. I meet all sorts of people. Everybody's pretty cool. And, you know, it's a it's a fun club to be in. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's, so on that it's frame, straight. sorry to cut you off. On that frame, because now we're we're talking, you wouldn't do it. But here's the real question. You mentioned your age at the beginning of the pod. When do you hang them up? When is it time to call it quits? Man, I, you know, I, that's really tough. And I think about that because I would, I don't really ever want to quit. I mean, it's, it's, I'm having too much fun. And what the hell else am I going to do? Like, well, I've seen your, a- I've seen your golf game. So you might want to improve on, on that a little bit more. Okay. We'll see you the next time. <laughs> Big money uh, yeah, match I- next time. How much golf can you play? I mean, you need to do something to keep your mind going. I mean, you always hear people say they're like, you know, the the number one cause of death is retirement. You know, like well, you always have to be doing something. I feel like I don't know. You know, I guess the thing that does worry me is that I, I suppose at some point, if you're a sports better, you know, you could lose, you know, your sharpness and you you could be old enough to the point where you don't really know what the fuck you're doing, but you're still doing it. I, I, I've thought about that before, you know, like you, you're, you're old, you know, and, and, you know, you just hope somebody would tell you at that point, like, Hey, Josh, you suck. It was a nice run. It's time. It's time to hang them up. But I mean, as long as I feel like I'm healthy and I, you know, I, I feel like I have an edge. I don't know why I would ever hang it up because it's fun. I mean, it's a, it's a fun job, but you know, it is a lot of work, but at the end of the day, what, what else am I going to do? I mean, yeah, I could golf, but there's still, you know, another 20 hours in the day. So would you ease it up though? Would you be like, all right, I'm not, I'm going to take off, um, whatever March, March to September. So I have eased it up and I've delegated a lot more responsibilities to my team as of recently. Um, and I just can't say enough how phenomenal they are. Um, but, I have eased up a, a bit. You know, I used to, I used to work a lot. I mean, I used to work from sun up to sundown. You know, I've missed some soccer games. Uh, it was tough, but I, I'm not, I don't regret it. I just, you know, now I, now I would tend to go to the soccer game because when uh, you miss some soccer games, you mean your kids soccer games or you, you couldn't stay up that late to bet some overnight soccer. I mean, like in, in theory, you know, you miss some of your kids stuff, you know, yeah. because you know, when you're building your business, you have to make sacrifices sometimes. And unfortunately, you know, people you care about are the ones, you know, that, that suffer. Um, you know, I, I will, I, I will say this, I'm not trying to pat my back. I'm a good dad, but you know, sometimes you have to make a decision or, you know, are you going to sit there on a Saturday and, and grind football all day? Or are you going to, are you going to go to your, your two kids soccer games? Like you have to make a decision. It's not an easy one to make. And when you're, you know, when you're younger and you're trying to establish yourself and you're trying to make money, sometimes you got to stay home and do it. I mean, it's tough, but those are hard decisions you really got to make. So, you know, but now I feel really confident in the abilities of the team that we have that I, I don't necessarily always need to be there. So let me ask you this then. Let's say you, uh, I'll, I'll use a low number, 
just for simplicity, but let's say you expect that your projected profit on a Saturday with you working is you're going to make an additional $1,000 or additional $100. Okay. Just for simplicity. When you then say, okay, I'm going to go to my kid's soccer game. Are you now thinking of it as like, it's costing me $100 to go to my kid's soccer game? So I don't think in terms of that, believe it or not. I, I think in terms of like, if I was ever in a situation where I'm like, you know what? the account holders are, are suffering and we need to re-strategize or there's something that we're missing here. Or like, to be honest, I don't really ever think about the money. I mean, obviously money is an important thing. You need money to operate. You have to have a bankroll. But my number one focus always is like, okay, you know, I would maybe step in or, you know, and, and miss a soccer game if we were doing poorly or we needed to re-strategize or get something new going and I needed to pay attention to stuff then I would be more inclined to be like, all right, I need to, I need to probably be around more and just see what's going on and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it would never, it would never be about the money unless I was getting absolutely hammered because there's limitations to all these things. You're, you know, you're, you're not living and dying every day by the amount of money you bet. And then you got to think about whether or not you're going to do an edible at the soccer game as well and kill another three or four hours afterwards. Right. Well, that's the party after the soccer game when <laughs> all the parents, there you go. I mean, there's a social yeah. element to it as well. I mean, uh, I completely yeah. get it. I mean, it's, um, I, I think it's, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but once you achieve like a, a level of success, um, and again, not like not, don't want to come off as like conceited or anything, but you're, you're very, you're, you're well, you've done well for years, Josh, at betting on sports. So sometimes it might be easier to sacrifice a day a Saturday, college basketball. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of money on the table, but you know what? I'd rather spend it with my family versus someone who might need to grind a little bit harder. So I think you're afforded with the luxury of being able to make those decisions just based off of the success that you've had. Yeah, but I mean, like, again, somebody starting off new, I mean, I would say, like, buckle up because it's not easy. Like, you're not just going to sit there and people are going to give you free money. Yep. It doesn't work. That way. You got, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. It's not like, you know, people say when you bet on sports, like, oh, he, what a great job, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of sacrifice, just like, and, and that's just like any job. You know, if, if you're a salesman or a teacher or firefighter, whatever, like, you're going to have to make sacrifice. People are counting on you to show up to work. You can't just call, like, if you're a teacher, you can't just call and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the pool with my friends today. It doesn't work like that. You got to show up to work. People have to know they can count on you. And uh, it's not like a glamorous thing. Now, I have fun. I really enjoy the relationships that I have with people. And I get to talk to dudes like you all the time and it's fun, but uh, you, you're going to have to, if you want to be a professional sports better, like you're going to have to sit in the chair, like buy yourself a good chair. <laughs> I'm that's, serious. That's actually no, that's great advice. Great. That's probably the plus EV move of the week. If we right. were, we're, we'll, we'll get into it, but wow. Is that a, is that a good move? Yeah. Buy a good chair. Sure. Cause you're going to need it. Yeah. I've, I've switched to the gamer chairs recently, uh, or actually it was a couple years ago now. We got like these office chairs in studio or whatever, but I, I love the gamer chair with like the headrest and like the, the cushion back there. Honestly, it it is, uh, no one's ever said this on the pod, by the way, I don't think in like any piece of betting advice, but it's actually one of the best pieces. <laughs> like your setup is so important. Like even just the way you look at your screens and the angle and like if it's if it's too high on one day, like you just get like a crick in your neck and you're, you're fucked for like yeah. weeks. Setup is huge. I mean, you go to like buy a mattress and the guys in there trying to get you to buy a mattress like, well, you spend a third of your life in bed. <laughs> well, if you're a sports better, you better get yourself a chair. Well, are you a standing it- desk guy at all or no? 
What's up? Are you a standing desk guy at all? I'm not a standing guy. I mean, I have tried it, but like, you know, it's not for me. It's not, it's um, not the I'm, same. Yeah. All right. I tried, okay. I tried a couple uh, months of the yoga ball uh, chair. That, uh, I like the yoga ball. The yoga ball is decent. It's okay. It forces you to sit a little bit more upright. So like there's less, there's less pain, but once those gamer chairs, you know, they started really perfecting those, I don't think yeah. I could ever go back. Do you have any other, uh, any other piece of, pieces of advice for anyone in the, the betting community right now that you think, you know, a lot of the listeners here might be able to leverage and learn from? You know, it's just, like I said, it's a lot of hard work, but if you, if you're in it and you're passionate about it, I don't, I don't mean to sound like uh, arrogant, but I don't think it's that hard to win if you're really passionate about it and you put some time in and you don't, you, you, you can quantify your thought to be something reasonable. Um, I mean, obviously people win at different levels and there's definitely people that are better than others, but if you're just a, you know, a regular dude and you're, you know, if you sit down and think about something, I, I think you can, you can come up with some reasons. Uh, also, I mean, there's a, a lot of the people I meet are, are offline, like I'll kind of snoop around Twitter. I mean, there are some people out there that are really, really good. Um, that might be lesser known people. I mean, my, I guess my best advice is like, if, if you want to be in the sports betting community and you're like actually trying to make money, the number one thing that you could do is be probably useful to other people. So you may not be the best at some things, but you know, maybe you could help somebody with another thing, you know, ask around questions, ask, you know, if you're there and you're willing to like do some work or you're willing to, you know, be a part of a team and you're not a jerk, uh, people pick you up. I mean, you know, people are always looking for good guys. People are always looking for, you know, people to help them in certain ways. Um, people like to communicate with each other. They're open. You know, if you see somebody you like or want to talk to on Twitter, I'm sure if you DM, DM them, I, I would say there's an 80% chance they'll get back to you. Um, you just gotta keep your eyes and ears open and, uh, you know, it's just, it's a little bit of work. That's all. I would add great advice. And I would also add to that, just like keep up a good reputation because um, it's, it's a small uh, space that we're in right now. So for example, if like Josh might want to work someone and he says like, Hey Johnny, like, you know, this guy, like if I know, if I know you and you kind of like did something bad to me, I'm just going to tell Josh like, ah, you know what actually like didn't work out. And now he's going to take my word over yours. And now you don't get the opportunity to work. And that might be something small you might've did to me or Rob or someone else in the space. So just keep a good reputation because it, very much does travel quick. And that could even be like snap paying, slow paying, like, like, oh, that guy owed me $300 and he didn't pay for three weeks. Like, okay, well, yeah. probably not worth it to work with this guy. Exactly. I, I, I do think that, I mean, obviously your reputation will carry you a long way. If you, if you do the right by people and you, you pay, uh, and you're, you're, uh, you know, nice to people that'll take you a long way in this business. Honestly. I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty stupid, but I mean, just to get somebody who's, you know, pleasant to be around or talk to that pays or, you know, makes smart decisions. I mean, that's, that's really all you're looking for. Totally agree. You, know? you gave us a great piece of uh, plus EV advice in terms of getting yourself a great chair if you're a sports better. We need a piece of minus EV. Um, anything in life doesn't have to be related to sports betting, but something that you consider to be Minus EV. Ooh. 
Uh, minus EV. I don't know, wasting time. You know, like you get, you know, you get older and you think about all the things you did wasting time, you know, like playing games on your phone or going on Instagram. I mean, I try and really not do that stuff that much. Uh, but at the same token, it's fun. People need some entertainment. Um, exercise, take care of your body. Um, That's if you're minus not doing EV? That, I would say, no, I would say if you're not doing that, it's minus EV. See, I told you. you yeah, you can just, just flip it around. I know it's You can just flip it around and it's positive or minus. I like that one a lot. I've been, uh, you know, health, I think, is more important than people, uh, you know, why would you why would you want to get fat and like why would you want to just damage your body it's crazy i mean even just do a little exercise it makes you feel way better every day you know it doesn't take much so i guess uh, our clo- oh go ahead josh sorry to cut you off just you know i minus ev i don't know uh there's a lot of minus ev i think but you know don't take drugs yeah. i don't know <laughs> fair enough so our last question and uh, it was a pleasure having you on, by the way. We wanted to thank you for taking the time. I know you, you haven't done, um, you know, public interviews or anything like that. So we're happy to get the debut out here. And I know this one's going to be uh, an instant classic on the Circles Off channel. But our final question, which we ask to every guest, is if you can go back five years, just a measly five years, and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? So we are talking August of 2018. Yeah, you know, it's hard. I, I feel like the last five years have been really solid for me. I don't know that I would change much. I mean, I've I've done a good job betting and and, and meeting new people and, and maintaining relationships. And then I also feel like my family life has been really solid. Um, but if I I guess if I could change that, maybe if I maybe if I could go back like ten or fifteen years, I probably wouldn't have wasted as much time partying. Um, I feel like I. I wasted a lot of time doing that when I could have been doing more meaningful things. Um, but I'm not saying I regretted it. I, I was fun, but you know, a lot of, a lot of time wasted. I, I, I try not to, I, I try to keep myself busy and do things that are, you know, meaningful at, at this point. Um, but um, as far as from like betting, I, I really think I've made a, a decent amount of good decisions. Um, but Maybe uh, I could have worked a little harder or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's good asking someone who's like, you know what? I actually have thought about this and I don't, I like my life in the past five years. Cause that's probably when you can actually get a, a real lesson. It's like, what's it all about then? Well, like, what is it? Is would you have done? Is it more family? Is it more betting? Is it less? Like, I, I will say this, like, I don't know compared to most other sports betters, but I like, as soon as I turn off the computer, I'm done doing whatever I'm doing. It's a hundred percent family. So I really make that a, uh, you know, a priority. So when I'm done, I'm going family, you know, that that's, that's it. Cause they, they, you know, kids need a dad and, and they need their dad to be around and that's, you know, really important. So, um, you know, I, I, I do feel like I do a good job of, of managing my time and, um, you know, spending time with family, friends, loved ones, um, and then also getting my work done. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, Josh. You can follow yeah. him on Twitter at Callcus Service, Twitter X, whatever. Professional sports better, true OG. If you enjoyed this pod today, make sure you smash that like button. This was a great conversation overall. Subscribe to Circles Off if you're not subscribed already. 
And this is airing while we're at Bet Bash. Myself, Johnny, Josh, going to be in attendance. If you watch the interview at any time over the course of the day, stop by, say hello to Josh, introduce yourself. Uh, it's a pretty big community of sports bettors that are collecting all together, and it's nice to put faces to to names and so on and so forth and get to know one another. So introduce yourself if you're there. Josh, appreciate you joining us forever and out there. Thank you. We'll catch you next week. See you, Josh. You're the man. Take care, man. Yes. Thank you.